Hi, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, I'm joined by Kyle Bryant, the managing partner of Market Street Partners in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Kyle oversees the operations of Market Street Partners and provided assurance tax business consulting services more than 10 years. After graduation, Kyle worked in auditing, but eventually joined Access America Transport in the Lampost Group, where he discovered his passion for helping small businesses. He managed the sale of Access America Transportation, Coyote Logistics, which happened to be the largest transaction in Chattanooga's history. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders podcast, Kyle Bryant. Kyle Bryant, welcome to the Accounting Leaders podcast. Great to meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Market Street Partners, give me the pitch. Tell me uh, the type of clients that you serve and uh, how long you've been doing that. Yeah, so we are six years old, which seems like a short short time and a long time altogether. So um, we started in 2016, my partner and I, Kevin Rose, kind of on a, not on a whim, but kind of in a strategic way where we were kicking around the idea of starting a CPA firm that just does things a little bit different. And, you know, our main focus out of the gate was in, here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we had a little bit of a startup buzz at the time. So there was all of these companies kind of moving to Chattanooga, doing fundraising, kind of all of the sexy VC things. And <laughs> we had relationships with a lot of those companies through a, a group I used to work with and just noticed that um, a lot of the CPA firms were having trouble keeping up with I mean, frankly, the lingo was a little overwhelming. You know, it's kind of got its own language. <laughs> Bit of a different language, yeah. <laughs> yeah, different um, acronyms that are thrown yep. around. And so we we understood that space pretty well and started with a team of eight kind of doing back office accounting work, tax and compliance, audits, things like that, helping with investment decks and helping with projections around fundraisers and things like that. And so I feel like we started on first base with a great kind of roster of clients. And what was, so where were you before that? How did all that sort of come about then? Yeah, so I worked at a traditional CBA firm out of, out of college, um, did a little bit on the audit and tax side, um, enjoyed the CPA profession really, kind of frankly got a little burned out with the travel and some of the other things that, that went along with CPA firms. And a common theme among people is when they get to that management level, it feels like they've got to decide if they're going to stick it out or, or go private. Yeah, And I made a decision to go private and ended up working for a, a group here in Chattanooga that had started a freight brokerage and had been very successful. And uh, they were three young guys that made quite a bit of money and decided they wanted to enter the investment game and, and do some investments and start up. They were really excited about Chattanooga. And their pitch to these teams was, hey, we will provide seed funding, help you get a start. And then we expect you to move your team to Chattanooga and work in our incubator. Right. Okay. So this was in 2012. And so our team, it was called the Lampost Group, and our team was tasked with basically helping these groups that came in with all things financial. So from setting up their chart of accounts, handling their accounting to introducing them to banking relationships, helping them with projections and budgets, forecasts, all of those things that they needed. I did that for several years, built a great team. We had a lot of fun doing it. I learned a ton through that process just around uh, just kind of trial by fire, honestly. You know, we were all doing things that were non-traditional and we weren't necessarily trained to do them, but we were figuring them out. And 
frankly, there's no real game plan around customized accounting processes. And so we continued down that path for a while. And then when we, there was a financial commitment. And when all of that had been deployed, you know, I, I spoke with the, the principals that had started the Lampos Group and kind of pitched to them this idea of starting a CPA firm that kind of specializes in consulting and kind of took away from what we learned at the CPA firms and just try to do a little bit of a different spin on it. Yeah. And, and so you started with eight and, and you picked up those, those sort of firms that were in the portfolio. Is that kind of how it worked and went from there? It did. And so we, we worked with those groups and continued and added a lot more um, just through our name and kind of recognition in the market. And as we continued with those groups, we realized, you know, occasionally we would go work with a, a non-tech company, a traditional business that's been around for, you know, 40, 50 years, kind of a legacy company in town and realized that, you know, there was a lot that they needed as well. They weren't necessarily getting in-house or CPA firms weren't providing the services uh, that they needed. So we, since then, I wouldn't say we've pivoted, but we've added kind of a new sector of a group of clients. It's kind of in that middle market, your traditional companies, like your manufacturers, your real estate groups, your construction groups, distributors, you know, just good operating businesses. And, and we've kind of made our mark in that territory. Yeah. It's what we say is there's a lot of one man CPA firms and there's a lot of big firms, but there's not a lot of firms kind of playing in that middle space. And that's where we're trying to live. Yeah. And so how many staff now? What does the profile of the firm look like? Yeah. So there is, we have 42 full-time staff right now um, and we are on track to be at 50 by the end of this year. It feels weird to say that we uh, did well during COVID. Uh, I wouldn't say that we did well, (laughs) but we were able, we were able to provide a lot of service to people around, you know, PPP funding and employee retention credits and kind of just really walking side by side with our business owners that were yeah. unprecedented times. Yeah, no, I understand. And, and so the, the the types of clients, are they, um, are they sort of, you know, the, the still the, the VC-backed or the private equity-backed customers that you were picking up originally or has that sort of evolved a bit? How has um, the client base changed over the years? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think kind of what we've noticed is those, those VC-backed companies and – those startup groups, they evolve pretty quickly um, and they will raise, you know, their next round of funding and a big four firm will come in and someone on the board will ask for, you know, a big four audit or something like that. And yeah, so a lot of times we will pass that assurance work or tax work up to the bigger firm. So we still stay on as consultants, which is what we like to do. You know, we still get to kind of work in that middle market. Uh, but to your question, I would say the majority of our growth has come from the second segment of clients that we've been adding. It's the the locally owned or the privately held partnerships groups in town that are in, kind of in the Southeast that are privately held and just need good financial accounting advice. So all your staff sort of local more or less or uh, fully remote? <laughs> the majority of them are. We have a handful of fully remote, which has been you know, a bit of a learning curve for us, but it's been great. Honestly, it's given us access to talent that we wouldn't have had otherwise. And I think COVID kind of expedited that process. So got us comfortable with it. Thankfully, we invested heavily early on in technology and wanted to be a cloud-based firm. So all of our systems are cloud-based. All of our internal software is cloud-based. So it's very easy for us to work wherever we are. Um, We do like working together. We do like collaboration. We're finding that you can do that if you're intentional about it virtually. 
Yeah, and and so what about competition then? Like is, is, is Chattanooga has sort of expanded its, um, I guess, perception or, or marketing capacity to attract venture-backed firms. Have, have you seen more accountants spring up over the years? Yeah, it's funny. Um, we've seen a lot of talent. Are you talking about people that were hiring or our accounting firms entering the market? Local accounting firms, like have you sort of seen, as Chattanooga's got more popular, have you seen sort of more firms come into the market and go, oh, well, this is a good idea? <laughs> yeah, we have. We have. Um, we've seen big firms come in and, and buy some of the existing firms. We've seen firms come in kind of out of town and hang a shingle. So there has been internal competition. But, you know, as we're growing, we're expanding outside of Chattanooga and kind of, as I mentioned, throughout the southeast. So we're, we've got a decent presence in the Birmingham area and the Nashville area and continue to plan to continue to move south yeah provide kind of a you know a new take on a on a graying profession <laughs> what about uh the new offices then do you think in like a nashville office or something like that yeah that's definitely in the cards you were finding that it's not as necessary as it once was to have a full brick and mortar yeah, right. you know office there it is nice nice to have a presence a place to meet clients and things like that so that's definitely in the plans for the mm. future yeah well setting up shop in the um in the co-working spaces, it sort of has an advantage where you can be picking up work through, <laughs> you know, through throughout the people that sort of float through those kinds of things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Some of absolutely. them are, are pretty nice these days. What about uh, what? What's the mission of the firm? What do you think people enjoy working for Market Street? We've got kind of our motto. We call it the three P's. We want to be professional, proactive partners. So we've kind of taken a different stance on professionalism. I mean, historically, that's been, you know, you wear a suit and tie to work and you use good manners. And in our mind, professionalism is uh, being available, being courteous, doing what you say you're going to do. You can still have so good we're, manners. So we're trying to kind of <laughs> ah, – that's right. That's right. You can certainly do that. Being responsive, being there for people when they need you. And then from a proactive standpoint, it's – we're always trying to think about the net, how what we're doing today is going to affect the future. So what what strategies can we be implementing that are going to pay off down the road? What can we be doing to proactively prepare you for, you know, the future? We're seeing a, a kind of a generational shift, maybe get into this a little bit later, but as the, the boomer generation is retiring, we're seeing kind of the next generation come up. And so we need to be proactive mm. about that. We need to be thinking about who's going to Who's going to take over this business one day? Is this business going to sell? Or are we going to just shut it down? Oh, don't do that. Are you into golf? What's retirement look like for Kyle once you sell it for uh, you know a couple of hundred million? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I'm I, I love what I do. Honestly, uh, to my my family is uh, we all work hard and we all um, kind of find our our passion and our mission through that. And so I don't know what retirement looks like. I do play golf. I'm terrible at it, but I enjoy it. Um, I've got two young kids now and just trying to invest in our future and, and, and look out for us in, in the long term. I, I Retirement is not even on my mind, honestly. <laughs> what about in terms of marketing and go to market? Have you, have you got – what's your view of sort of being able to attract new clients and and the, the methodology for that? You've obviously grown – pretty substantially over the, you know, during COVID to sort of get up into the 40s of, of staff numbers. So what's, how, how do you view the sales process and the marketing process? Have you got full-time marketers? What's your uh, methodology? We've grown kind of organically. Um, we've let our work speak for itself. We've networked really well. We know a lot of people. Um, we have 
done, you know, we found that just doing really good work and letting our clients brag about us has helped more than yeah. anything. We do have a PR team that helps us with what we call earned media. So we take a strategy of we want to be providing value and pushing content that's useful to people. And we found that that's been an attractive method to gain new yeah. clients. You know, if we can give some guidance around new legislation that's coming out or something like that, that they can take and learn from, they're likely to call us with follow-up questions. Well, all right, let's talk about earned media. What is that sort of a local strategy, you reckon? What, how do you go about that? Um, we've got a great team that, that's constantly looking for opportunities for us to go tell our story and to be kind of the experts in, in areas that we, they think we can add value. So if, uh, you know, we're in constant contact with our PR and marketing team telling them like, hey, these are the, the, the five things that we need to be on the lookout for. And they're looking for opportunities for us to go tell our story or to speak or to, you know, provide value in some way to people. Is that predominantly local, you think? Like, is that where you get most of the referral? Yeah, we have done. A, most of our growth has been referrals locally just because that's been what's there. And so we've had a lot of opportunities outside of Chattanooga as well. But until our growth slows down here, we're going to stay focused kind of in the southeast. Yeah. If you had a surge of customers, clients, can you take them on? Well, that's the plan. I mean, that's why we're always hiring up. We're always trying to be overstaffed. It's a weird thing, a weird phenomenon in this profession is you're either looking for staff or you're looking for clients um, and it comes in cycles. So um, our growth stretched us pretty thin early on. And so we've decided we're going to invest in efficiencies first and foremost. We're going to try to do things as efficiently as Mm. possible. We're going to try to be the leader in technology and infrastructure and have system processes. So that helps with the workload. But to your point, I I do feel we're hiring up with the anticipation of the, you know, last year we grew 70%. This year we're already up 40% on that. And so staffing has got to come in proportion to that. Tell me, Kyle, why do you think accountants are reluctant to put in a, a go-to-market motion that incorporates, you know, business development and, and sales? You know, that's a great question. I think there is, there's, it's just not in our nature a lot of times. You know, accountants just don't want to be out. They'd rather kind of be behind the scenes doing the compliance and checking boxes and making sure things are, are, are done the right way. That would probably be the biggest hurdle. And I, and I think, frankly, our profession is stretched pretty thin as well. And so there may just might not be time for it. You know, they may, they may, not, may not need to. They may be making plenty of money and just want to kind of sit back and, and take things as they come. But that's certainly not our style. And it's, it's not a financial motivation. It's a desire to help and desire to add value. And so we, we're constantly looking for new ways to do that. So we can't help but talk about what we're doing. We can't help but be out promoting our brand. So if you're growing substantially and you know in the way that you want to, what's what's next? Are you just is this sort of the the plan for the next say four or five years? <laughs> yeah, I think this is the plan. I mean, it's we're we're lucky to be where we are, and we we recognize that we wouldn't be here without the trust of our clients. So we're going to make sure that we don't grow too fast and lose that, and lose the ability to serve the, the people we have and the promises we've made. Um, but for the next four to five years, I think this looks like potentially opening up new markets, finding new places to go that are like Chattanooga that need kind of a fresh approach and need some new some new blood in the market and need some people that are able to help with the things that we're able to help with. All right. Well, what, uh, in terms of the, the local area, are you seeing further um, 
people, you know, businesses come into the area, open in the area, expand into the area? What's the co- local economy like and, and how do you think it will fare in the, uh, uh, infl- you know, the inflationary environment? Yeah, I think you're seeing the flood kind of in the southeast and then I think Texas and Tennessee are kind of the two hot spots right now where people are going. We, we've got new uh, new residents popping up all the time. Like everywhere in the in the states, there's a housing inventory shortage. People are moving here. New businesses are locating here. Chattanooga is unique in that it's it's a, kind of a central hub to several different places. So you're within two hours to Atlanta, two hours to Knoxville, two hours to Nashville, two hours to Birmingham, really close to Louisville. It's kind of a gateway city. And so it's become a hub for a lot of transportation companies. There's two publicly traded trucking mm-hmm. companies here. Um, and around that, there's a lot of services that pop up. So logistics and transportation is certainly in my background. I've worked with a lot of trucking companies and a lot of freight brokerages. And so I know that space pretty well. So uh, we're seeing that pop up. And then I think with Tennessee being a, a cost of living is really low. There's no state income tax. And so it's become an attractive place to move, especially Nashville. I think it gets talked about a lot. A couple of years ago, I was the host of the NFL draft it's a hot spot. And so there's a lot of people moving to Nashville and we're getting some spillover from either Nashville people moving to Chattanooga to escape the big city or people coming to Nashville and kind of finding other, other places in the area. So you think it'll stand up well? I think there's definitely a big migration going, <laughs> going along Absolutely. in the U S and people are, um, uh, and I don't want to get into politics, but people tend to be sort of polarizing uh, red and blue, and you know Texas and and the the lower east, the, the southeast is is certainly attracting those people that feel a bit disaffected from the western states. I I get that, and and yeah. there's the opposite occurring. So that there's certainly you know a lot of a geopolitical movement going on in the US, and you know that 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 is going to affect the types of businesses and the types of people that congregate and. You know that's certainly going to mean, you know, new businesses coming in for into Chattanooga and the southeast, which is great for you guys. How how do you think, you know, the types of businesses are going to evolve? Is is are you seeing sort of a different type of business? Is there's a lot of you're seeing more venture companies sort of coming into the southeast and taking advantage of that geopolitical movement? Yeah, not necessarily venture hmm. companies. We're seeing a lot of you know the. Ninja companies have been here for a while. They're, they are coming, but we're seeing a lot of the private equity moves here. Um, there's a lot of, and that kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the generational shift. There's a lot of changing of the guards going on. A lot of people kind of got through COVID and decided, hey, I don't want to do this again. I'm ready to see what my options are. And so we're seeing private equity groups come in and either buy companies or take a majority ownership and help transition the, the old owners out or provide them kind of a path to retirement, things like that. I think we'll continue to see that. There's certainly a great deal of uh, accountants on the back end of their career, let's put it that way, right? uh, How are you seeing it? Do you feel like that there's people, younger accountants uh, coming in to the industry out of college? Uh, It's definitely a shrinking population of graduates. You know, we are we're seeing that and we talk with a lot of universities in the area and they're noticing that as well. I think um, I say the millennial generation, I'm a millennial, I'm on the top end of it, but we work a little differently than the, the former generations. We aren't as, 
you know, willing to, to give 80 hour weeks. We aren't as willing to sacrifice things the way that other people did for money or for whatever you want to call it. Uh, it is, it's kind of a shift. People want to find purpose in what they're doing. And so that's one of the thing, reasons why we stick to our core values and try to find purpose in what we do. We try to add value. We try to give people a, a fresh approach, you know, and doing things like implementing technology or letting people work remotely or, or doing other things like that certainly yeah. helps. But that is a systemic problem we're all facing and this labor shortage, it affects accounting as well. Um, and I think, I think accounting is a very safe profession, obviously, but it doesn't have to be boring. What about the area? Are you, are you sort of feeling like the, you know, it's, it's energized, it's got new and different people moving in? Yeah, definitely. I think um, we're really, Chattanooga is really growing and we're excited about the growth we're, we're seeing and feeling. Um, and there's willingness to invest in the growth. There's willing to, willingness to invest in the future through several different areas. I, I, don't, I don't see that slowing down at all. And what about um, family and, and the area? What, what do you do in your, in your spare time? Yeah, like I said, I got two small kids. And so uh, when I'm not here, I'm mm. with them. My wife's great. She stays home with them and has the hardest job of, of anyone in our family for sure. There's working from home. I, we had our two-year-old in the middle of COVID. So uh, it's kind of changed my perspective on what she does day <laughs> in and day out. So there's a great appreciation for that. And that, are they, uh, have you lined them up for the succession plan? Are they? Uh, no, I'm going to try to talk to them about potentially uh, selling insurance or something like that. You know, maybe take the pressure off. Back to the business a bit. What's your tech stack look like? What are the systems that you use and keeping 40 odd people together? and trained and and working well uh, is probably going to be you know not that easy so so how do you view operational efficiency and systems in your practice yeah well we've we've like i said we've invested heavy in it so we've kind of got three different segments our consulting kind of bookkeeping is is very tech heavy we are, we invest in the cloud based softwares there we we require all our clients to be on quickbooks online or zero we partner with gusto to to do payroll, we use bill.com, you know, all of the cloud-based kind of bookkeeping backend solutions. And, and we're moving towards a kind of a consulting around that where as we're entering what feels like a pullback and potentially, I hate to use the, the R word, but potential yep, recession, yep. we're trying to empower our clients to learn how to use mm. this software so they're not as reliant on us. And so we're doing training sessions and trying to kind of build out learning opportunities for them to to provide some guidance and, and help them kind of do some things on their own so they're not as relying on us. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but our other software where we're heavy on using Teams, um, we do, you know, video chats. We're, we have channels there. We're in constant communication. Our audit team is kind of probably the leaders in in using technology there. They're, we're in full cloud-based um, audit files. We subscribe to the cloud-based guidance. Yep. Our tax is in the same boat as well. We use uh, CCH products for an access. We use a great solution called XCM, which helps us manage deadlines and things like that. Yep. No, excellent. Well, um, what else comes to mind in terms of, you know, where you guys are up to? What I've told you is kind of the main main place we are. You know, we're, I can't say enough. I know I've said it probably about three or four times, but we're really focused on kind of the next generation and helping, helping with the transition plans of, mm-hmm. I've helped a handful of families kind of sort that out. It's a very personal thing and it's very rewarding when you get to the end of it. And you've created, helped create or play a role in a solution to 
for the next generation to take over or to help someone get ready to sell their business and, and provide value on that side. Yeah, no, I understand. Well, I mean, you know, when we talk to accountants is the prevailing view, right, like is is your capacity and your interest and your motivation to help your customers, help your clients uh, run better businesses and uh, improve their lives. Uh, is, does that resonate? Absolutely. Um, that's We're trying to be on the forefront of that. That's our goal always is to – we call it business beyond numbers. We want to help clients understand kind of their business and, and what numbers play a part in that. We, we always say that accounting is the language of business. So we want to help them understand what their numbers are telling them and how that translates into their day-to-day operations. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Kyle, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, you know, you, you guys are on the forefront of technology and and progressing the business industry in chattanooga in the southeast and congratulations on all your success so far i think it's fantastic what you guys are doing well thank you very very much appreciate it we really appreciate you being on the accounting leaders podcast thanks for having me Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.